Hello, and welcome to The Journey, a daily podcast reading through the Bible. Thank you so much for joining us today. As you listen, we're going to be using the New Living Translation of God's Word. Let's start today's reading. We are reading 2 Kings chapters 9 through 11 today. Meanwhile, Elisha the prophet had summoned a member of the group of prophets. Get ready to travel, he told him, and take this flask of olive oil with you. Go to Ramoth Gilead and find Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshi. Call him into a private room away from his friends and pour the oil over his head. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. I anoint you to be the king over Israel. Then open the door and run for your life. So the young prophet did as he was told and went to Ramoth Gilead. When he arrived there, he found Jehu sitting around with the other other army officers. I have a message for you, commander, he said. For which one of us, Jehu asked. For you, commander, he replied. So Jehu left the others and went into the house. Then the young prophet poured the olive oil over Jehu's head and said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I anoint you king over the over the Lord's people Israel. You are to destroy the family of Ahab, your master. In this way, I will avenge the murder of my prophets and all the Lord's servants who were killed by Jezebel. The entire family of Ahab must be wiped out. I will destroy every one of his male descendants, slave and free alike, anywhere in Israel. I will destroy the family of Ahab as I destroyed the families of Jeroboam son of Nebat and Basha son of Ahijah. Dogs will eat Ahab's wife. Jezebel at the lot of land in Jezreel, and no one will bury her. Then the young prophet opened the door and ran. Jehu went back to his fellow officers, and one of them asked, What did that madman want? Is everything all right? You know how a man like that babbles on, Jehu replied. You're hiding something, they said. Tell us. So Jehu told them, He said to me, This is what the Lord says, I have anointed you to be king over Israel. Then they quickly spread out their cloaks on the bare steps and blew the ram's horn, shouting, Jehu is king! So Jehu, son of Jehoshaphat, son of Nimshai, led a conspiracy against King Joram. Now Joram had been with the army of Ram at the with the army at Ramath Gilead, defending Israel against the forces of King Haziel of Aram. But King Joram was wounded in the fighting and returned to Jezreel to recover from his wounds. So Jehu went, told the men with him, If you want me to be king, don't let anyone leave town and go to Jezreel to report what, what we have done. Then Jehu got into the chariot and rode to Jezreel to find King Joram, who was lying there wounded. King Azahiah of Judah was there too, for he had gone to visit him. The watchmen of the tower of Jezreel saw Jehu and his company approaching, so they shouted to Joram, I see a company of troops coming. Send a rider out to ask if they are coming in peace. King Joram ordered. So a horseman went out to meet Jehu and said, The king wants to know if you are coming in peace. And Jehu replied, What do you know about peace? Fall in behind me. 
the watchman called out to the king. The messenger has met them, but he is not returning. So the king sent a second horseman. He rode up to them and said, The king wants to know if you come in peace. And again Jehu answered, What do you know about peace? Fall in behind me. The watchman exclaimed, The messenger has met them, but he isn't returning either. It must be Jehu, son of Nimshai, for he is driving like a madman. Quick, get my chariot ready, King Joram commanded. Then King Joram of Israel and King Ahiza of Judah rode out in their chariots to meet Jehu. They met him at the plot of land that had belonged to Naboth of Jezreel. King Joram demanded, Do you come in peace, Jehu? Jehu replied, How can there be peace as long as idolatry and witchcraft of your mother Jezebel are all around us? Then King Joram turned his horses around and fled, shouting to King Ahiza, Treason, Ahiza! Jehu drew his bow and shot Joram between the shoulders. The arrow pierced his heart, and he sank down dead in his chariot. Jehu said to Bidkar, his officer, Throw him into the plot of land that belonged to Naboth of Jezreel. Do you remember when you and I were riding along behind his father Ahab? The Lord pronounced this message against him. I solemnly swear that I will repay him here on this plot of land, says the Lord, for the murder of Naboth and his sons that I saw yesterday. So throw him out on Naboth's property, just as the Lord said. When King Ahiza of Judah saw what was happening, he fled along the road to Beth-Hagon. Jehu rode after him, shouting, Shoot him too! So they shot Ahiza in his chariot at the ascent of Gur near Abidhalem. He was able to go as far as Megiddo, but he died there. His servants took him by chariot to Jerusalem, where they buried him with his ancestors in the city of David. Ahiza had become king over Judah in the eleventh year of the reign of Joram, son of Ahab. When Jezebel, the queen mother, heard that Jehu had come to Jezreel, she painted her eyelids and fixed her hair and sat at a window. When Jehu entered the gate of the palace, she shouted at him, "'Have you come in peace, you murderer? You're just like Zimri, who murdered his master.'" Jehu looked up and saw her at the window and shouted, Who is on my side? And two or three eunuchs looked at him. Throw her down, Jehu yelled. So they threw her out of the window and her blood spattered against the wall and the horses. And Jehu trampled her body under his horse's hooves. Then Jehu went into the palace and ate and drank, and afterward he said, Someone go and bury this cursed woman, for she is the daughter of a king. But when they went to bury her, they found only her skull, her feet, and her hands. When they returned and told Jehu, he stated, This fulfills the message from the Lord, which he spoke through his servant Elijah from Tishbe. At the plot of land in Jezreel, dogs will eat 
Jezebel's body. Her remains will be scattered like dung on the plot of the land in Jezreel so that no one will be able to recognize her. Ahab had 70 sons living in the city of Samaria. So Jehu wrote letters and sent them to Samaria, to the elders and officials of the city, and to the guardians of King Ahab's sons. He said, The king's sons are with you, and you have at your disposal chariots, horses, a fortified city, and weapons. As soon as you receive this letter, select the best qualified of your master's sons to be your king, and prepare to fight for Ahab's dynasty. But they were paralyzed with fear and said, We've seen that two kings couldn't stand against this man. What can we do? So the palace and the city administrators, together with the elders and the guardians of the king's sons, sent this message to Jehu. We are your servants and will do anything you tell us. We will not make anyone king. Do whatever you think is best. And Jehu responded with a second letter. If you are on my side and are going to obey me, bring the heads of your master's sons to me at Jezreel by this time tomorrow. Now the seventy sons of the king were being cared for by the leaders of Samaria, where they had been raised since childhood. When the letter arrived, the leaders killed all seventy of the king's sons. They placed their heads in baskets and presented them to Jehu and Jezreel. A messenger went to Jehu and said, They have brought the heads of the king's sons. So Jehu ordered, Pile them in two heaps at the entrance of the city gate and leave them there until morning. In the morning he went out and spoke to the crowd that had gathered around them. You are not to blame, he told them. I am the one who conspired against my master and killed him, but who killed all these? You can be sure that the message of the Lord that was spoken concerning Ahab's family will not fail. The Lord declared through his servant Elijah that this would happen. Then Jehu killed all who were left of Ahab's relatives living in Jezreel and all his important officials, his personal friends, and his priests. So Ahab was left without a single survivor. Then Jehu sent out for Samaria. Along the way, while he was at Beth-Eked of the shepherds, he met some relatives of King Ahiza of Judah. Who are you? he asked them. And they replied, We are relatives of King Ahiza. We are going to visit the sons of King Ahab and the sons of the queen mother. Take them alive, Jehu shouted it to his men. And they captured all 42 of them and killed them at the well of Beth-Eked. None of them escaped. When Jehu left there, he met with Jehonadab, son of Rechab, who was coming to meet him. After they had greeted each other, Jehu said to him, Are you as loyal to me as I am to you? Yes, I am, Jehonadab replied. If you are, Jehu said, then give me your hand. And so Jehonadab put his hand out 
and Jehu helped him into the chariot. Then Jehu said, Now come with me and see how devoted I am to the Lord. So Jehonadab rode along with him. When Jehu arrived in Samaria, he killed everyone who was left there from Ahab's family, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Then Jehu called a meeting of all the people of the city and said to them, Ahab's worship of Baal was nothing compared to the way I will worship him. Therefore summon all the prophets and worshipers of Baal, and call together all his priests. See to it that every one of them comes, for we, for I am going to offer a great sacrifice to Baal. Anyone who fails to come will be put to death. But Jehu's cunning plan was to destroy all the worshipers of Baal. Then Jehu ordered, Prepare a solemn assembly to worship Baal, so they did. He sent messengers throughout all Israel, summoning those who worship Baal. They all came, not a single one remained behind, and they filled the temple of Baal from one end to the other. And Jehu instructed the keeper of the wardrobe, Be sure that every worshiper of Baal wears one of these robes. So robes were given to them. Then Jehu went into the temple of Baal with Jehonadab, son of Rechab. Jehu said to the worshipers of Baal, Make sure no one who worships the Lord is here, only those who worship Baal. So they were all inside the temple to offer sacrifices and burnt offerings. Now Jehu had stationed 80 of his men outside the building and had warned them, If you let anyone escape, you will pay for it with your own life. As soon as Jehu had finished sacrificing the burnt offering, he commanded his guards and officers, Go in and kill all of them. Don't let a single one escape. So they killed all of them with their swords. And the guards and officers dragged their bodies outside. Then Jehu's men went into the innermost fortress of the temple of Baal. They dragged out the sacred pillar used to worship used in the worship of Baal and burned it. They smashed the sacred pillar and wrecked the temple of Baal, converting it into a public toilet as it remains to this day. In this way, Jehu destroyed every trace of Baal worship in Israel. He did not, however, destroy the gold calves at Bethel and Dan, with which Jeroboam, son of Nebat, had caused Israel to sin. Nonetheless, the Lord said to Jehu, You have done well in following my instructions to destroy the family of Ahab. Therefore, your descendants will be kings of Israel down to the fourth generation. But Jehu did not obey the law of the Lord, the God of Israel, with all his heart. He refused to turn from the sins that Jeroboam had led Israel to commit. At about that time, the Lord began to cut down the size of Israel's territory. 
King Haziel conquered several sections of the country east of the Jordan River, including all of Gilead, Gad, Reuben, and Manasseh. He conquered the area from the town of Aor by the Arnon Gorge to as far north as Gilead and Bashan. The rest of the events of Jehu's reign, everything that he did and all of his achievements are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. When Jehu died, he was buried in Samaria. Then his son, Jehoahaz, became the next king. In all, Jehu reigned over Israel from Samaria for 28 years. When Ahaphahel, the mother of King Ahiazah of Judah, learned that her son was dead, she began to destroy the rest of the royal family. But Ahiazah's sister, Jehoshabab, the daughter of King, the King Joram, took Haziel's infant son, Joash, and stole him away from the, among the rest of the king's children who were about to be killed. She put Joash and his nurse in a bedroom, and they hid him from Ahithahel so the child would not be murdered. Joash remained hidden in the temple of the Lord for six years while Ahithahel ruled over the land. In the seventh year of Ahithahel's reign, Jehoiada, the priest, summoned the commanders, the Karite mercenaries, and the palace guards to come to the temple of the Lord. He made a solemn pact with them and made them swear an oath of loyalty there in the Lord's temple. Then he showed them the king's son. Jehoiada told them, This is what you must do. A third of you who are on duty on the Sabbath are to guard the royal palace itself. Another third of you are to stand guard at the sure gate. And the final third must stand guard behind the palace guard. These three groups will all guard the palace. The other two units who are off duty on the Sabbath must stand guard for the king at the Lord's temple. Form a bodyguard around the king and keep your weapons in hand. Kill anyone who tries to break through. Stay with the king wherever he goes. So the commanders did everything as Jehoiada the priest ordered. The commanders took charge of the men reporting for, for duty that Sabbath. As well as those who were going off duty, they brought them all to Jehoiada the priest, and he supplied them with spears and the small shields that had once belonged to King David and were stored in the temple of the Lord. The palace guards stationed themselves around the king, and their weapons were ready. They formed a line from the south side of the temple around to the north side and all around the altar. Then King Jehoiada, then Jehoiada brought out Joash the king's son, placed the crown on his head, and presented him with a copy of God's laws. They anointed him and proclaimed him king, and everyone clapped their hands and shouted, Long live the king! When Ahithahel heard the noise made by the palace guards and the people, she hurried to the Lord's temple to see what was happening. When she arrived, she saw the newly crowned king standing in his place of authority by the pillar, as was the custom at times of coronation. 
The commanders and trumpeteers were surrounding him, and the people from all over the land were rejoicing and blowing trumpets. When Ahithophel saw all of this, she tore her clothes in despair and shouted, Treason! Treason! Then Jehoiada the priest ordered the commanders who were in charge of the troops, Take her to the soldiers in front of the temple and kill anyone who tries to rescue her. For the priest had said, She must not be killed in the temple of the Lord. So they seized her and led her out to the gate where horses enter the palace grounds, and she was killed there. Then Jehoiada made a covenant between the Lord and the king and the people that they would be the Lord's people. He also made a covenant between the king and the people. And all the people of the Lamb went over to the temple of Baal and tore it down. They demolished the altars and smashed the idols to pieces. They, and they killed Matan, the priest of Baal, in front of the altars. Jehoiada the priest stationed guards at the temple of the Lord. Then the commanders, the Karite mercenaries, and the palace guards, and all the people of the land escorted the king from the temple of the Lord. They went through the gate of, of the guards and went into the palace. And the king took his seat on the royal throne, so all the people of the land rejoiced. And the city was peaceful because Athiathel had been killed at the king's palace. Joash was seven years old when he became king. Treason! Treason! This was the accusation brought against Jehoiada the priest. And while his opponents were looking at him as a traitor, in reality, he was one that was being faithful to the Lord and to the people of God. There is a fine line between patriot and traitor. In our own nation's history, we know that those that we consider to be patriots were at the time considered treacherous, traitors. And so the real question is, who are we trying to please? It would have been very easy for Jehoiada to have just gone along with the crowd. And yet, because of his devotion to his country, but more so his devotion to his God, he was willing to do what was called treason. The enemies of God would look at him as a traitor, but in reality, he was completely devoted to the Lord. We can be patriotic in our duties, but our first and ultimate responsibility has got to be to God. We are not a priest as Jehoiada was. But because we are Christians, we are all called priests of the Lord. We are the priesthood of all believers. And therefore, our devotion should be to Almighty God. And today, there will be many people, even here and now, that will call us traitors. Because our first devotion is to the Lord. 
As for me, I, I, I'm okay being called a traitor as long as I am not a traitor against God. As long as I am serving the Lord with all of my heart, then people can call me whatever they want. But I know that I am serving the one true God. I pray the same can be said of all of us. Thank you again for joining us for the journey. Please be sure to share this podcast. Today's reading was from the New Living Translation of the Holy Bible and used with permission. Have a blessed day, and we hope that you'll join us again tomorrow.